Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bubbles, and welcome back to the 14th Sunday after Pentecost for the week of September 15th, 2019, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get in this week's podcast, and I'm excited again as we've continuing to process and go through this time of education within the church, this time of as the fall weather starts to descend here in northern Minnesota, maybe a little faster than most of us would like, it's a time where we can kind of come together. And I think it's one of the beautiful things with fall. It seems to, at least in this northern part of the northern hemisphere, we seem to start to kind of come together with the beginning of school, with the beginning of education years within the church, with the beginning of just the fall colors, bringing people inside because the cold weather is coming. Winter is coming. And no matter how much we don't want to talk about it, we still know that it is coming. So it's kind of this fun time to be able to look at and consider, to think about these different things as we're going into them. And this week, I think there's a lot of really fun things we can look at and to discuss. I know for me, there is an example that I will be using that isn't necessarily in my strong wheelhouse, but we can still talk about it and I will do the best job I can at it explaining it, to really use an example, I feel, that shows that even to the most basic level of our society, there is this point of lost and found that is within us. But before we get into that, I have to do my shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, it allows me as a non-ordained person to be able to bring you this podcast week after week. And this week on the Sermon Brainways podcast, there is a new co-host, and I'd highly recommend checking out not only Matt Skinner and Ralph Jacobson and Caroline Lewis, but also the newly added Joy J. Moore. It was a very good podcast this last week, and if you haven't checked it out, I'd highly recommend it. Second of all, before we jump into this week's podcast, we have to look at the Twitter question from last week, and I challenge people to kind of go out in nature and spend some time and What is God pushing you toward that you have resisted to get closer to? And how will you get closer to that desire this next week? And I know that's a really personal question. I know it's something for me as I'm considering and starting to think about that it is September. It is kind of going toward the end of the year. There is certain things that I have have goals and aspirations of not only personal, but also even just for like things like this podcast, for my job, things that I want to get done by the end of the year and that it's starting to be ticking away. And if you're going to get it done, how are you going to get it done by the end of the year? So I think it's one of those times, especially right now, before we get to Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that, I think it's a great time to reflect and to think about the different goals and aspirations that we maybe had for the year. And there's still time to make some changes, maybe not get all the way to where maybe you were expecting, but at least be able to make progress toward that. And I think that's a really important thing to be able to do and to reflect. And for me, I find that being out in nature at times at least slows down my brain. It causes me to relax and to think a little bit slower. And often my thoughts will catch up with me because I'm thinking slower. 
But let's jump into this for this week. I'm going to do this a little bit differently this week because I feel, again, the linchpin to the whole thing this week is out of the gospel, and I would kind of like to use that as a last text this week to be able to jump into where I'm going. So we're going to start then with the first reading coming out of Exodus chapter 32, verses 7 through 14. And this is a very kind of odd spot to drop in on this story. This is where Moses has been up on Mount Sinai, most recently talking with God, and he's been delayed up there. Him and God got really into talking, and it's been a little longer than expected. Meanwhile, the Israelites who are there with Moses' brother Aaron, they're saying something happened, we need to have a God, so they collect all their gold and start worshiping this golden calf. And as Moses is going down the mountain, the Lord comes and starts talking to him and is just extremely upset and is saying at this point, why don't we just take care of them and we'll start all over again. And Moses kind of reminds him of what would then be the purpose of what you just did with the Egyptians and getting these people out of Egypt and what would be the perception around the world and around the neighboring countries of why did the Israelites get left and who is this God that he just smites them the moment that they leave Egypt. So he kind of talks God down off of this to remind them that these are still his people, that he still loves them and that he will still be with them, but it's just we need to work with them. They're a work in progress, just like any child in a lot of ways. It's really showing the childlike nature of the Israelites. The alternative first reading this week is out of Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 11 through 12 and 22 through 28. And again, this has a very similar type of vibe where God is trying to talk about how his children just don't understand what he's trying to do. All these things where God is making a path, where he has moved mountains and hills so that they can be able to move forward, getting toward the promised land, but yet these people still want to turn back. They just don't want to follow what Jeremiah is talking to them about. And what the Lord is telling Jeremiah to do and how frustrating it is. And it's, again, I think this is an easy metaphor of referencing what a parent feels like. The parent trying to teach or a teacher trying to teach a child and they just don't understand the full picture. Where as a child, there's often that we see part of what we're trying to be taught and trying to understand and then we don't see the full picture. And that's where it's so valuable to have working with your instructor and working with your teachers and so valuable in our society to have people of differing ages because we're seeing things a little bit differently to be able to see the whole picture. And God sees the complete picture and knows where the picture is going. And yet these people are just so narrow focused. They just are complaining and not able to see the whole picture. The psalm this week is Psalm 51, verses 1 through 10. And this is, again, looking at the self and understanding that I am a hypocrite. I am one who causes a lot of my own pain. There's a lot of things where I have essentially made it more difficult to be the person that God wants me to be. 
but yet I can continue to confess and show that really, God, I understand that I am not worthy of this. So can you please blot out my sins and be able to create in me the clean heart that you have initially and wanted for within me? An interesting side note with this psalm is this psalm is also what is used on Ash Wednesday. So again, coming at this in a different time and in a different season gives it a much different meaning. And I think, again, with the text this week, it's a really interesting psalm to bring in this week. The second reading is from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. And again, this is on that similar theme where Timothy is going through how he is a blasphemer, a prosecutor, a man of violence coming from verse 13. And yet the love of Christ and Christ entering his life changes the whole thing, makes this all different for Timothy. What is this doing? How is this change him it makes him that because christ has come into his life he wants to be able to radiate and show that and that it's something that he feels that he needs to continue to do for the rest of his life and i feel like this should be the same type of echo that we have as believers ourselves is that we should be having this type of echo of consistently giving praise that we don't deserve what we have been given So the gospel text this week is out of Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. The Pharisees and scribes are around Jesus, and they're talking, and their comment is, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them, and making kind of like a ruckus, kind of you can imagine a middle school with rumors being spread around and what's going on. And Jesus comes up with these two parables, and I would argue that in a way this text should have included the third. So at first we get the lost sheep, that this shepherd has 99 sheep and he's missing one. So he goes looking to find the last one. And when he does, he puts it up on his shoulders and rejoicing that they have found the sheep. The next parable being the woman with 10 silver coins and loses one and how she searches the whole house to find that silver coin. And again, the joy that we are told that it will be when one sinner repents what that's like in heaven. The story that directly follows this is the parable of the prodigal son or the parable of the two brothers, however you want to put it. And again, this is brought up during Lent, but I think it's really important to recognize and think about where this text is going after this. But Joy J. Moore this week brought up a really good point, and I think it's something that we really should consider is, again, remembering the society in which this was happening. The examples that Jesus uses first are two of the lowest people in the societal totem pole, being shepherds and women. Before he ever tells the other story that we probably have heard hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, and it's not that we don't hear these There just seems to be more meat and potatoes on it. But really, it's the same type of story. But yet, he brings up the lowest of the low in society and understanding that even they do this, then why wouldn't I be doing the same thing for them? And I think it's also kind of his mockery back to this fellow welcome sinners. And essentially, yeah, let me show you how between the different groups that your society has established, 
this happens with all of them. All of them eat. All of them go through this. Then why wouldn't you do the same? So this week, one of the things that I was looking at when I was thinking about it and contemplating how do I go through this reading, the thing that came to my mind was chemistry. And to be perfectly honest, I was not a great college chemistry student. In fact, I took college chem one twice. Uh, I was not my favorite class. It wasn't my best class, but I continued trying to learn. It's something that I still hope to eventually spend some more time and slowly try to start understanding. It's hard for my brain, but it's still, it's a good task. But one of the things that you do with chemistry, especially at that basic of a level, is understanding how basic molecules come together and how you have different elements and how you make the different types of bonds between them. And one of the things that then will come up is the rule that's a very basic rule and it works for some of the upper elements on the periodic table. So like hydrogen and carbon and oxygen and nitrogen, a lot of these basic elements that we end up spending a lot of time working with. And it's called the octet rule. And part of it, what they have noticed is if you are looking at a periodic table and I'll attach a picture of one down below, the far right hand column is what they call the noble gases. And this is because they are stable, that they don't want to gain more electrons or they are happy essentially with where they're at. They're a very satisfied group of gases that they are just in a very stable form, really not reactive, just really hanging out. And this is where we have like helium is one of them that we see that is considered a noble gas. But then we get a lot of these other basic elements like oxygen, carbon, nitrogen, hydrogen. These elements have a desire to obtain more. And it's because, so we'll look at hydrogen. Hydrogen wants to be electrons to begin with are negative particles arguably they're both a particle and a waveform which is hard to understand i'll attach a video down below but just for this instance pretend that it's a small negative charge and this negative charge doesn't like being alone one sounds very similar to us and our walk with faith that we really don't want to be alone we want to have god with us we want to have others around us so this hydrogen is sitting there with one electron. It's got one proton and one electron. So it's equally balanced, but it has a desire to have a pair. And that's the P ring in the rules. And essentially that they like having one pair together. So this makes that hydrogen is desiring to find another electron. It is looking for another electron, whether it attains it from something or is able to share it, it's looking for it. That's where when we look at like water, H2O, two hydrogens, one oxygen. And let me explain then how that works. It's the octet rule that when you're, again, I'll attach links down below. It's one of the basic things that you'll end up using is in basic, basic chemistry, of Lewis structures and being able to see where 
roughly these electrons are and how they're orbiting the nucleus of this atom. But oxygen has six electrons. It has six protons, six electrons. But what it's trying to become, like we've talked about, is it wants to be stable. It wants to be like a noble gas. And to be able to get there, it needs to, in the next ring, it needs to have eight electrons. So with having six, it's not even a half shell, which a half shell is a semi-stable thing. It's a little bit over that. So it's looking for two electrons. It's looking and it will share to obtain those two electrons. So that's where H2O comes in is that you find these hydrogens coming to the oxygen. And I have an electron that I'm looking to partner and they have, I'm looking for two more electrons to stabilize this shell. And hence we get the basic molecule of water. It will go looking because it's trying to become stable its strongest form it's its best form when it is stable you look at basic table salt and again when you're looking at the lewis structure it's not exactly how it fully works in reality but it gives us at least an idea so it's nacl na sodium has one electron into that furthest layer where it's it's wanting to get rid of it because it's just not stable because of that electron cl chlorine has seven electrons it's looking for one it will physically take the one from the sodium making the sodium a positively charged ion and the chlorine a negatively charged ion thus they are attracted together as you probably remember from your basic basic science that opposites attract and so they come together they are looking to become stable they are looking for something until they are stable when i look at these texts and are contemplating and thinking about how this all works we are looking to become stable and we realize in our own lives that there are a lot of things that separate us that make it more difficult than it should be that we look at that we should have 10 silver coins, but we only have nine because somewhere along the line we lost it. And that through Christ and through us being able to search until we find that lost coin, just like one of these elements looking for electrons to become stable. We have 99 sheep and we know that there's one lost sheep out there looking until they find that lost sheep. Looking until we can find that electron to be able to make NaCl. To make what we know is literally the salt of the earth. We so often are afraid in a way of coming forward with all the baggage that we have and thinking about what does that all mean I, it was actually this last sunday it was really interesting because pastor Corey Furman, where i am attending at first lutheran in bemidji brought up how we've shifted over the last 70 years from using holy ghost to holy spirit because ghost carries too much baggage the word just it distracts. It carries too much baggage with it. So we change to a better word to be able to help us get our heads around that word. 
I think at times we think we're the same type of thing. We're like the word ghost. We carry too much baggage. We carry too much around with us that it's not worth it to fight through it at times. To really be able to go and lay that out or to talk to somebody at times of what that means, how it it continues to affect us because we're not complete. We're not being fully who God is calling us to be because we're carrying around this luggage. And I'm as guilty as anybody in doing this. But yet we get texts like this and we get the text like from 1 Timothy that it's a God who he or even the alternative first reading from Jeremiah, we have a God who is literally pushed aside mountains and is willing to go more than that extra mile. He's willing to go as far as it takes for us. But we have to be willing to accept and be willing to admit that we have baggage and we have trouble at times letting it go and asking for God to help us in that. How often are we just like a hydrogen floating unstable with one electron looking for a lone pair, looking for a valence electron, however you want to put it, looking for that pairing of an electron to become stable. But we say for whatever reason, we're not worthy of that other electron to become stable. We're not worthy to be even become H2, become stable that way. We're on our own we're meant to go on our own and i think it's one of the biggest lies in the society and the world in which we're in we're told to be independent we're told to take on the world and yet what we really need is community we need even h2 we need to be able to share the electron that we have to become stable we have to be willing to with sharing the electron open up and show all the damaged goods that we are and when we do we realize that the person we're talking to is also damaged goods and yet there's a father who looks down on us and says i love you so much i don't see you that way and it's working with ourselves to be able to see that like hydrogen has one electron and it may not be stable at the moment but it's still useful because someone else needs that hydrogen Just like that we see that our baggage holds us down, that we come to Christ and say, I realize I'm damaged goods. Help me so I can see the blessing that you have made me to be and embrace it and run with it. Because I can tell you at the basic level of chemistry that I understand that there is no way any of those elements sees themselves as unuseful. It sees themselves as something that I need to become useful and I will be useful. I'm here for a reason. And I think a lot of times that we get so caught up in our own selves and our own lives that we don't necessarily see the light of Christ coming into our lives to say, I have so many plans to illuminate your life and to be the light that casts in the darkness. Trust me, let go of your bags. Let me heal those wounds and I will send you forth on a mission of a lifetime that will mean so much more to you and to me as we walk together through this because you're not alone. So the Twitter question this week 
will be where are you traveling alone that you need to join together with someone. And I'm going to put someone in quotes because someone can be so many different things. Because I'd argue that it isn't just a physical person, and I wouldn't argue that it always is God. It's sometimes God working through something. Because I know, and it's something that we've talked about, and I would hope you've kind of picked up at times through this podcast, is sometimes I feel like it's God working through something else, even sometimes what we consider an inanimate object that helps us understand something to help move us forward. So yes, you're partnering with God, but sometimes it's through an inanimate object. Sometimes it's the simplicity of life, the simplicity of other things that helps us actually see where God is calling us and moving us toward. Sometimes it's being able to understand basic bonding in chemistry or not, depending on how well I explained it. Again, take a look at the links below if you're having questions. There's a lot better resources on being able to explain it than I can just with my voice. But there's also times where we will suddenly see something and suddenly just know. So I pray with wherever you are this week that you take some time to really figure out and to understand maybe where is the baggage that you're carrying. Understanding that God doesn't see that as baggage. He sees that just let go of it. Just let go of it. I've made you for so much more than what you're deciding to hold on to. And talking with him on where he is pulling you, pushing you, walking with you, whatever metaphor you want to use toward your next step in life. And I look forward to hearing what some of those are. And if there's some way from this side of the microphone that I can help you with those, let me know. Shoot me an email. I'd love to work with you on that. So, We'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.